0: people God dearly loves. Two questions must be asked and answered on Ash Wednesday. Maybe the two questions are these, why are we here today? Why are we saying and doing these things? Those are appropriate questions, and they can help us get to the two questions which must be answered on Ash Wednesday. But I'm going to tell you a little story. It happened 37 years ago. In 1986, People Magazine placed a lengthy questionnaire in the January issue. Readers were asked to rank how guilty they would feel if they chose to engage in one of 51 activities listed in the survey. What were some of these guilt-inducing actions? They ranged from drug dealing to industrial spying, from cheating on your income tax to sex outside of marriage, from parking in a handicap zone without a tag hanging from your mirror, to overeating. The reported results were both sad and surprising. It turns out, from the 1,000 responses selected at random, that guilt feelings from one for blameless to 10 for maximum guilt were all over the map. Murder was ranked highest at 9.84. Spouse swapping scored 8.09. Not helping someone in danger, perhaps the priest and the Levite and the story of the Good Samaritan come to mind, was at 7.09. Cutting into a line was at 4.91. Jealousy and laziness both scored 4.08. And at the very bottom, taping a TV program was only 1.76. This was back in VCR days. Even more dismaying were the estimates of how often the readers of people said they sin. Overall, respondents to the survey said they commit 4.64 sins. Almost five. Not every hour, not every day, not every week, but every month. And this is a quote directly from the article although churchgoers feel they commit a lot more, 6.8 sins a month, than non churchgoers, 2.76. Well, the first question is Am I a sinner? I'm pretty sure that you would all say, yes, I am a sinner. Otherwise, why would you be inside the church on this Wednesday afternoon? So I'll ask a few more questions, and I'm going to phrase them in the first person. Am I a sinner in my thoughts? Yes. Am I a sinner in my desires? Yes. Am I a sinner with my words? Yes. Am I a sinner in my deeds? Yes. A lot of you have heard me say this. And I hope you remember that I said it. I hope the men in Kenya remember too. We are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. God doesn't have a balance scale. He doesn't notice that you broke the fourth commandment by dishonoring your parents and then add a little weight to that side. Then the next day you break, say, the second commandment by misusing his name. So he adds another weight and the wrong things you do and the right things you failed to do add up until the scale tips and God says, Okay, now I must call you a sinner. And on a certain Wednesday, you should get a black smudge on your forehead or on your hand. That's not it. We sin because we are sinners. We have a disease. We caught it in the spiritual DNA of our parents who caught it from their parents, who caught it from their parents because we all caught it from our first parents, Adam and Eve. And this is what God's word says to sinners. Return to me. That's Yahweh in Joel chapter 2. Return to me with honesty, with prayer and fasting, with weeping and mourning, with broken and sorrowful hearts. And we prayed the curiae today. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Grant us your peace. And in the confessional litany, I ask, do you believe the word of God in 1 John 1? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. There's a statement two verses later. If we say we have not sinned, We make God a liar. But you know what we often do. We make excuses. We make denials. We grade ourselves against others. Sure, we admit that 6.8 sins a month is too few. We might even be in double figures. This is the deadly truth I am a sinner. My sins, your sins, our sins, have made a barrier between us and our God. I deserve to be punished. I deserve to die. The answer isn't to admit that I have a problem and then to try harder, as though I could solve it, as if I could cure myself of the disease. And the answer isn't to be marked with ashes every day and leave them on at night so when you wake up in the morning, Your pillow reminds you of your guilt. There is only one correct answer to the first question, am I a sinner? And there is only one correct answer to the second question, am I forgiven? As certain as the answer to the first question is yes, so certain is the answer to the second question, yes, I am forgiven. An unknown psalmist prays in Psalm 130, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand, we should be crushed by the weight of our sins and by the weight of God's holiness. Then we remember how David prays in Psalm 51 to be washed, to be cleansed, to be purged. He did not, he could not clean himself up, nor can you, nor can I. But this is our confidence. This word of God is from Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Just as I am without one plea. No excuses, no explanations, no denial, no defensive cover-ups, but with this affirmation, but that thy blood was shed for me. And once more from the first chapter of First John, The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we stand on this Ash Wednesday. We stand before the cross, not crushed, not condemned. We stand forgiven. We stand declared not guilty. We stand set free. We stand with joy and wonder at the amazing grace and the abundant mercy of our God. In the name of the Father,